Greetings, everyone. We good? Greetings. Yes, thank you. Thank you for ruining my intro, Joe. I'm very sorry, Jeff. Everybody, um, we're excited to do a little something here on This Week in Mormons This Week. I am, of course, Jeff Openshaw, your wonderful tour guide around this exciting place. I'm joined for this special episode by none other than Joseph Angie Peterson. Oh, man, that takes me back. Uh, yeah, it's my first time, so pardon the... Uh, I didn't mean to rain on your parade there. Sorry there. I don't think it's your first time. I think you did one episode of Twin with me. I don't even know. Five, oh, six Oh, I did. Right. It was with our wives. Oh, we did do that one the with day. the wives back yeah, in the day yeah. when, we, when we were neighbors, and that, that was actually pretty fun. That was, was fun. Good, yeah. That was a good show. So, uh, Joe, tell us about yourself and why you are involved in the Twin. What is your relevance to being here, and why are we here today? Well... Jeff, I am no longer your neighbor, but according to what I am reading that you wrote is that I am a sometimes social media and huge twim cheerleader type yes, person. That sounds about right. I, I, I would also add, you know, I'm I'm a contributor. You know, I don't write a ton, but I okay, have you're a contributor. Twenty plus, I don't know, maybe even more than that, articles for Twim. Yeah, I've been around the block with Twim for a while. I I was more involved uh, back in the day, especially when we both lived in Virginia, doing the social um, pretty uh, pretty regularly, and uh, you know mostly on Facebook, I think. But I will occasionally hear, you know, now that I live in Utah, go to uh, various Boncom and other type influencer events or whatever, and uh, you know maybe shoot out a tweet or two on behalf of Twim, but. For the most part, you and I are just friends, and this is a cool thing that you do that I support. Yeah, man. No, you've always you've always had the back, and you do more than I think people would realize. You might not be one of the voices all the time, but you are heavily involved. So anyway, and behind the scenes, you might be listening to this and wondering why on earth am I here? I just heard an episode with Jeff and Kurt like a day ago. Right. That may be the case. Um, we always do our temple predictions. Joe and I do them together. We've been doing them together semi-annually for many years now. I think we're going back on, I don't know, five-ish years probably of doing these. At and, least, I think. And yeah. and we decided it would be fun, as well as publishing it in written form, to produce a podcast going over our temple predictions for conference this weekend. Joe and I, I think I can speak for him. We just, this is sort of a weird area where we just kind of geek out and have a lot of fun. I don't know what it, exactly it is about it, but... I, I have a lot of fun just sort of trying to prognosticate where temples might be, fully understanding that it's a revelatory process, and we have zero insight into what might happen with that. But it's still kind of fun to do and see what Well, happens. you know, Jeff, I've thought about this, because it is kind of a weird uh, area where you and I both get a little uh, gleeful, I might say. Uh, but, you know, when we were roommates way long time ago— we quickly learned that both of us are kind of geography geeks and nerds and, and like, yeah. you know, a lot of yeah. the the demographics. And I think, you know, spliced with twim and with um, religion and all of those other aspects of life, you know, this is kind of this zenith, these Temple Predictions articles to really dive into what we like about geography and geopolitics and demographics and things like that and and just have a little fun along the way and and play our little game of prognostication and it's uh it's become a beloved tradition. Yeah, so 
So diving right in, by the way, so some of the parameters we work with. Years ago, when President Monson was still still alive, he made a reference to the fact that 85% of church membership was within 200 miles of a temple. That was kind of a cool indicator and a nice I what baseline. It I, it's, it's, I'm sure it's changed a lot. That's why I think we're almost to the point where the 200-mile radius thing might not be the best form of analysis, but it does still provide a nice visual, which is why we maintain a nice map that has the location of every temple by like lat long and then a 200 mile radius circle around them. So you can visualize what the actual geographic coverage quote unquote of a temple of a temple is. And that's how you can actually see some gaps. And then you look where the gaps are and try to see what's going on. And that's how you get to some of our perennial favorites like Rogers, Arkansas, which lies outside of a 200 mile radius. That's Northwestern Arkansas and has a lot of church activity, all the things that would say, let's do temple. And of course it still hasn't happened. Which is why this year we are officially not predicting it, and that's why I expect it to happen this weekend when, fully. when we are fully abandoning it. So we're yeah. not predicting it, everyone. It will not happen on my watch. They just didn't want to give Twin the credit, you know? <laughs> They're waiting for us to say nothing about it until they'll finally say, look, we don't want people to think Twin is pressuring us. Exactly. But, Else they might. Else they might. Yeah, but at the same time, um, the calculus has kind of changed recently, hasn't it, Joe? I mean, it's, uh, I think so. I mean, you still have some that fit that, uh, parameter, I think primarily in the, in the, uh, contiguous 48 of the United States, you know, rapid city is kind of, I would say a, a new favorite that is still occupying one of those gaps. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the calculus has changed not only with, um, the way that temples are announced, um, the style of a new president of the church, you know, the new leadership, new flavor, that kind of a thing. But also just looking at an evolving world and these large mega cities around the world where, you know, you might have a temple in within that 200 mile circle, but that's not to say that everyone in that circle has uh, the same ability to travel within it. And so I think those are two big themes that we're looking at in our uh, in yeah. our temple guesses going forward. So when you say that, I think the obvious example is the uh, second temple in Lima, Peru, right? right. The existing yeah. temple was there in the city since the 80s, but it was hard for members across the large metropolitan area to get to it. Mm-hmm. So there's a second temple in the metropolitan area. I mean, we thought the Provo City Center temple seemed crazy at the time, but you know, it was it's also going to be Provo. the new norm. It was also Provo. So I agree with you on those things, and I also think that we're reaching this place where, one, we're kind of saturated in, in the big markets, even though we might have second temples in bigger in big markets. But also, President Nelson is clearly more keen on putting temples in areas that do not perhaps check off all the boxes of what one would normally think is required for a temple. Basically, like what are, it essentially means like the number of stakes or units that would feed it, right? right? Now we're seeing what our small temples announced, which is fine. But small functional buildings, and I think we're going to see more of that, especially the small ones. We're still going to get big ones. You know, we've got the temple in Thailand is going to be no slouch. We've seen the rendering. It's going to be a large urban building. Uh, Most of the new temples in Utah, of course, it's Utah, but they're all like 80,000 square feet and up. But I think we're going to see a number of temples that are sub 20,000 square feet to get the job done for a smaller people. And I think that's great. You know, and I I don't think it's nothing new. I mean, or it's anything new. This is, in a lot of ways, the legacy of Gordon B. Hinckley. You know, and what he wanted to yeah. put forth with these smaller, more accessible temples and farther flung areas. Uh, and we, I think we gradually sort of drifted away from that as we did that initial sort of 
critical mass of all of these different small temples that you see in places like Australia or Mexico. Uh, but maybe in a way, this is uh, President Nelson kind of taking up that banner again and and evolving it to his own his own interpretation of that. I think we see that with you know the uh, the temple in uh, is it Brazzaville or uh, I'm not sure where, but. It, seems pretty small and in a lot of these uh these really smaller uh, structures and buildings um that are you know kind of look like just a glorified chapel in a in a way mm, but yeah, um yeah you're thinking of um there's a couple of different models of this so the temples in uh, Kinshasa in the in the Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of the Congo which is across yeah. the river from Brazzaville, Brazzaville. The capital Republic of Congo yeah that one it's 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 a more austere building. There's no Moroni, and it looks just like the uh, recently dedicated temple in Haiti as well. A lot more straightforward. That's the other one. Yeah. And I believe the Guam temple looks like that too. The I'm Guam thinking. temple doesn't look architecturally like that. It's smaller, and it does have a Moroni, but it's clearly a pretty small building. It's, right. it's, uh, I don't think it looks as Spartan as the other two, but that's the temple they're following in Guam, in um, uh, Cabo Verde, and uh, in right. Puerto Rico as well. They all basically have the same... The same floor plan, the same look, even. It's kind of like Mini Temples 2.0. You know, they're just... I have not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's exciting stuff. So, without let's that guess. said, let, let's guess. Joseph, I think you have the first one, so let's let's go at it. Well, in line with what we were talking about with Lima, and, uh, you know, there is... I'll give a shout out to the Twim article that you and I collaborated on, I think, a couple of years ago now, on kind of this new trend of uh, seeing these larger... Uh, global cities that are going to have, you know, not just like a Provo, but, you know, like Lima, or I think can be argued to a greater extent what we're seeing down in, in Brazil, like with, um, uh, I think it's Curitiba that's only 50 miles away from the Rio, uh, the Rio one. I can now, I can't remember the city. Uh, well, it's probably not quite like that. Well, it's a, too. I mean, Rio's not even miles away. Rio's Sao not even, Paulo, Sao Paulo. Yeah, Rio's not even that far from Sao Paulo. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we're, you know we're seeing cl- more clusters, and I, so in that spirit, oh, oh sorry, is, the one, Joseph, real quick, the one you're thinking what? of is the fact that there's a temple in Campinas and a temple in Sao Paulo, and they are very close together. That's the one. That's, that's the thinking, one I'm thinking right. of. Yeah, Apologies. I knew I knew it started with a C. Well, in that spirit uh, is where I come with this first guess of Guatemala city, because as you may know, Jeff, Guatemala city currently has a temple. Uh, but this will be, I think for the first time, uh, one of our predictions being, uh, a city that already has a temple, not just in its area, but in the city itself, like maybe getting a second one. Uh, I do want to read actually, uh, a quote from when we published that article, um, one of the comments below the article was a former professor of BYU. Um, I'm looking for his name. Warner Woodworth uh, mentioned this. He said, many of us anticipated another Lima temple, not so much because of the stakes or members numbers. It boils down more to the fact that many Peruvians can't afford the bus fare to cross the whole city for a temple session. Now it will be easier, cost less, and allow members who work long hours all day to be able to occasionally do a quick temple session and get back to their busy schedules. In the future, we'll see more of this occur in places like Sao Paulo, etc. And I think that just uh, accentuates or punctuates that the fact that we are in some way already seeing this. And I think uh, um, looking at the map in that context makes Guatemala City a ripe pick for that. Okay. I mean, I can go what do with you that. Think? 
I could see it. I mean, like you mentioned uh, to me, you know, there's like there's 32 stakes and nine districts served by the Guatemala City Temple, which is plenty. I mean, you could have that, and I think that would right. be okay. So, I mean, it could go there. I'm a little worried because the church did just announce the closure of the MTC in Guatemala, which wasn't very old, which isn't directly correlated. But at the same time, it just makes me wonder, like, if we're closing MTCs to reallocate resources in that area, are the templing sort of a different vertical, but are we going to go that route? I still think it could happen. It would make sense. I mean, the temple in Guatemala City is kind of southeast of the city, and we have chapels and some Google mapping can even reveal what appear to be some open plots of land that I have no idea if the church owns, but kind of next to some meeting houses in the more northwest and western parts of the area. Right. So I definitely think it could be uh, could well, be Well, maybe, maybe other than a canary in the coal mine with the closing of the MTC, wasn't there another MTC that they closed that was this beautiful building? Maybe they're going to adapt it and transform it into a temple, Jeff. There's, there's been a number of MTC closures in uh, recent years. It seems to be the new trend. There was a time when we were expanding the MTCs and trying to make it this localized experience. And now it seems uh, we're going more for a hub and spoke type model where we're really trying to, to make it either large regional ones like a temple in Brazil, a temple in Mexico, that kind of a thing, and then Provo and what have you instead All of I'm saying- All I'm saying is maybe it's paving the way to, uh, to have a temple in Guatemala, another temple there. It could be. It could be. So I, we'll you see. stand by that pick. I, I could see the case for it. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, I got you. Now, here's one of mine, and this one this one ranks highly, by the way. Joe, I share with you this temple matrix. Let me actually, uh, I didn't share this with you before. I'll put this in our chat window. What? You will love this. Someone incorporated our guesses into a temple matrix, basically taking temple what? predictions by prominent prognosticators and then averaging them out by, by giving everything a score and then ranking out the consensus plausibility. Oh, this is so bit. cool. Yeah. So who did this? Uh, a Twitter follower who saw oh, cool. we, we haven't even we've published our temple predictions but haven't really publicized them yet. Yeah. Uh, and yet and yet they uh they follow us and found it. So one of the next oh. one here is on that list, and that is Port Moresby, which is the capital of Papua New Guinea. If you've never even heard of Papua New Guinea, I don't blame you. I don't think the everyday lay citizen is aware of such country, but it occupies the eastern half of the island of New Guinea, which is north of Australia. The western half of New Guinea of the island of Guinea is, um, or New Guinea is uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So Papua New Guinea is an interesting place. It's the kind of country that gets a lot of bad flack because it has these bad uh, stereotypes of like cannibalism and all kinds of stuff like that, because there are a number of, a lot of its population still lives in a, in a tribal setup in the mountains, pretty isolated from everything else. However, Papua New Guinea does have a decent church presence, okay? So it it because of Nicaragua receiving a temple, Papua New Guinea is now the country in the world with the most stakes or districts. Okay, I'm combining those two, right. which is 14. It has 14 um, units, but no temple. 14 stake-type units with no temple. Obviously, if we were to run... There's only two stakes, though, okay? So two stakes and 12 districts. If we were to run this math on areas that were just like by stakes alone, then you'd be talking about temples and... Anywhere, pretty much, right? right? right. There'd be a temple down where I live right now, a second Virginia temple. but um, Or Halifax, for Pete's sake. Oh, wait, there is one there. There is one there. But like, (laughs) there's there's 27,000 Latter-day Saints in Papua New Guinea. Infrastructure, yeah, and it's a good, that's a perfectly good size number. Um, 
most of the church growth has been within the past 20 years. Uh, they're isolated. I mean, their nearest temples are in Australia, I assume, and I don't know that travel is necessarily easy between the two. Uh, you know, I, Australia has a bit of a colonial history with Papua New Guinea, but beyond that, I don't know if there's ease of access, if they can just hop down to Brisbane or not right. to go to the temple. Otherwise, they've got to go to Hong Kong. I would say. And it's an impoverished country. One issue, of course, is that infrastructure is scant uh, in Papua New Guinea. We saw, we found a report from 2017 that said only 3.5% of Papua New Guinea's road network is paved, which is not That's, a good thing. And no. Port Moresby is down on the coast on the southeastern part of the country, meaning it's still going to be tough for a number of these uh, church members to get even to Port Moresby, but that's still easier to get to Port Moresby than it is to get somewhere else. If but they see, were traveling- that's what I was wondering is it'd be interesting to see sort of like a membership scatter chart of where, you know, where are most of those 27,000 located if they are in Port Moresby itself or throughout the countryside, you know. Well, we can, con- my good friend, we can consult Kimora.com. Oh, and you know, let's let's just check this out real quick. Let me vamp for Do a it. second here. Find some Papua New Guinea. Thank you, Verizon Files Gigabit Connection. Let's check this out. Okay, so so Papua New Guinea has of of the various stakes. There's two missions in the country, which is great. Two. Uh, one, wow. Two. One stake is in Port Moresby, and the other stake is farther west in uh, Daru, Papua New Guinea. The Port Moresby stake has been around since the 90s. It's reasonably spread out. I mean, most people are closer to the southern coast, but there are, what, six districts that are farther north elsewhere in the country? So I don't know. It could work. And here's my other logic. If you... Even if you don't put a temple in Papua New Guinea, I imagine most of the population is traveling to Port Moresby anyway if they had to leave the country. I don't know everything about the international airport situation there, but I do know that Port Moresby is really the only part of the country with serious infrastructure structure that can support. Well, and you would think too, in a country like that, with that kind of infrastructure problems, that the capital would be, you know, literally the city that all roads lead to, however many roads there may be, or however little roads there may be. And so a temple there would essentially, you know, I think, I mean, I think if there's two missions there and, uh, you know, missionaries have to travel a lot and, and there's a lot of logistics involved in, in running a mission, uh, I, I don't think that it's maybe as big of a hurdle now that I'm rethinking it as uh, it might initially seem. But we'll know. I mean, who knows? There we go. Uh, I think the next one is me. You want to move on? Take ownership, Joseph. All right. Take control. All right. Be a man. We're going to go all the way back to uh, <laughs> to the good old United of the States. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wanted to go to the United of the Emirates, but fine, fine, fine. <laughs> oh, we've been there before. Yeah. Well, not not I haven't been there physically, but we have been there in these guesses. Uh, no, this is uh, going back to an area that I think is woefully underserved by temples, and that would be the Intermountain West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my guess is going to go to uh, Henderson, Nevada. Henderson really? is a suburb of Las Vegas. It yeah, is also okay. a suburb where... Lots of members live. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I think in order to combat the evils of Sin City, we must have uh, another temple there. So that's – I think that's the 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 driving philosophy behind this guess. Okay. Also though th- – but the thing is that you know when you look at like a scattershot of the stakes in the Henderson area, um, there's kind of 
I mean, they're all all over the the Clark County Valley or whatever. But um, there is a nice cluster kind of in that south southeast area that I think. Oh, look at that! Look at that Temple District, that ripe Temple District, just ready to be kind of snipped off from from the other one and and make a second one. I don't know. What do you know? I exactly in this in this Temple guessing climate, it's it's harder to to come up with really sound arguments. So okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna check, trying I'm gonna my check, best. I'm going to check out a map here. No, your your guesses are good. I mean, there's the, what I'm mostly curious about with this is that the Temple in Las Vegas is you know sort of on the eastern bench of the area and almost kind of centrally eastern, which means right. it's not crazy far from Henderson to begin with, as far as the whole layout of the valley. True. So I guess my main concern is, is it just, I I know Henderson's famous for having a lot of members and everything, but like, is that just too close? Like as far as the way the whole valley's laid out, would be better to put a temple like on the opposite side in Summerlin or something like that? Or do you think Henderson truly is the strong play here? Well, you know, Henderson, I I do feel like it's, uh, it's not just necessarily maybe a suburb. It's maybe more of an exurb, you know, it's kind of its own thing away from the main, you know, Las Vegas metro area. Um, and, you know, looking down to some areas southeast of there, you have Boulder City. Uh, but then going into Arizona, you have, um, I, I don't like to talk about this place because I was stranded here along the side of the road by a very rude police officer down in Kingman. <laughs> uh, but you do have some presence down in Kingman. That that can be a story for another time. It is quite epic. Right, it will take right. a long time to tell. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so kind of the idea of uh, uh, having Henderson and down into those environs southeast of there be its own entity. You know, when you zoom in on the map and you – you see Paradise, which is another, I'm guessing, town or suburb of the Las Vegas area. Paradise is actually where most of the Las Vegas Strip is located. It's not actually in the city of Las Vegas. There's oh, some really? For you. Okay. Yep. So the Strip, in and of itself, being kind of a dividing line, there that's where all 13 of those other stakes are, is kind of south of Paradise. And so, I mean, yeah, maybe you're saying make a case for a temple in, I don't know, maybe Enterprise or... Spring definitely Valley not or something but definitely not enterprise that's way too far out there man I, if if it was not in henderson i would pull it for summerlin or somewhere over there interesting summerlin's well, new maybe. and tony and waspy and it's everything you want in oh a, see i don't so I, you're speaking at a level of demography that i i am uh it's above my pay grade so well you know if you think summerlin is a better pick i'm i'm willing to defer to you on that no dude you're fine you do you <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Could sure. I'm totally sold. I'm not sure. I'm totally sold on this one, but I don't know. We'll see. I've always heard about Henderson and Mormons, you know, and it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's move to one that I openly admit is not going to happen, but I'm going to make the case. Joseph, are you ready for me to drop this one on you? I'm ready, man. Okay. Darwin, Australia. Darwin. Darwin. Like origin of the species. Well, it's named after him. Yeah, if we believe in creationism, a temple couldn't go there. Oh, really, sir? (laughs) Is that why? I don't want to spoil an honorable mention, but one of your honorable mentions later on is the Galapagos Islands, which, like, doesn't even have people, and where Darwin spent most of his time. So you just shut your mouth, sir. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay, so hear me out on Darwin, all right? 
All Australia, right. Australia basically has one temple per major metropolitan area. Okay, right. the only one that's not a Hinckley era mini temple is the one in Sydney, which was built in the eighties, and that's not even a huge temple to begin with. All the rest follow that mini temple structure. So if you're talking, you know, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, what am I missing? Perth. You know, all the Perth. I think that's all of them. All the usual places, so. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Darwin is not as big of a city as any of those, by as far as metropolitan areas. Even Perth has something like close to 3 million people in the general metropolitan area. Right. But it is fantastically isolated from the rest of the country. Darwin is the capital of the Northwest Territory of Australia, which isn't even a state in, in terms of inter-Australian politics. Right. And it's center of the country at the top. Okay, so it's closer to Indonesia and Papua New Guinea, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, it's isolated. It's not huge. There's not like a huge church presence. There's no stake. There's a district. There's like two branches in Darwin. I understand all these things Oof. are going against it. And my yeah. only my only argument for it is that I feel like all the, the old playbook's out the window under President Nelson. So why not chuck a temple up in Darwin? So the nice Simply people because up there, it's isolated. Yeah, man. Or take that famous President McKay approach and say, we're going to build the temple so the people, it's like, if you build it, they will come. That's what Uh they did in New Zealand. Let's do that. So I don't know. I don't genuinely think this will happen, but I don't, I basically cannot predict President Nelson. So he's proving to be very unpredictable slash God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, though, I, I do think there is a case to be made with Darwin that can include, you know, a, to a large degree, similar elements of your case with Port Moresby. You know, I, it'd be interesting to see if there's, um, you know, flights that go between those two. They are in the large, they are in the same sort of larger, broader region um, with places like Indonesia. Um, and so, you know, having that temple kind of be anchored in Northern Australia, that could be easily accessible to, you know, some of those archipelagos, archipelagos, however you say that, um, of Southeast Asia. I don't know. I mean, I think there's maybe not this conference, Jeff, but, you know, maybe in a general conference 50, 100 in years 20, from 2078, now. yes. <laughs> don't give yeah, up your dreams. Uh, whatever, it's fine. Well, speaking of uh, all of the mini temples in Australia – um, the other country that has a lot of these in an initial wave is Mexico. We mentioned Ooh, Mexico does. Mo- yeah, Mexico's got a ton of them. I think there's 13 or 14 temples in Mexico, and I want to say like 10 or 11 of them are of you know that Hinckley era mini temple uh, Dude, can, generation. Can, can we make an aside, by the way, real quick for the recently announced design of the Puebla temple? Oh, tell me more. Have you seen this one? Only on the Twim article. It's beautiful. That's what I'm saying. I'm just I, I'm I'm being hyperbolic about it, but I just think it is like the best looking temple design I've seen in a super long time. I really? just love I love everything about it. That is a killer temple. Well, what do you love about it? I want to hear. Um, so I think the church is sort of flirted with some little aspects of Spanish colonial architecture, Spanish Baroque type right. things, and also some other more international styles in that sense. I mean, like the Tucson Temple kind of hints at some Florentine like architecture. Sure. Yeah. They've done little bits here and there, but I feel like with Puebla, rather than like say the Tijuana Temple, which kind of alluded to it, but seemed like something of, of a facsimile, the Puebla Temple is like, no, we're going to do an all-in beautiful Spanish colonial temple with red Spanish tile on the cupola and on the roof. Yep. I mean, it's got color. It's a temple with color. It actually has a red roof and dome. Right. Well, that's uh, what I loved about the Tucson one is that it, the, the dome is blue. It almost even looks like 
well, I mean, Florentine is a good word for it, but uh, at first blush, it even looked almost like a mosque to me. And I was like, wow, I'm yeah. liking this color. Yeah. So that's all. I just think the Pueblo Temple looks awesome. And now I, I go back to you to continue your pitch. Nice. Well, I uh, I would echo you and and say that it is awesome looking. And I, I am absolutely here for more of the Spanish colonial Tijuana and uh, and now Puebla approach because those are all of my favorite temples. I, I don't know if that's an architectural style that I love, but I would love to see more of it in Lyon. I think uh, Lyon, Mexico makes my official prediction list um, largely because well, I want to say, you know, it's really hard in Mexico to pick um, other cities because the, the initial wave of many temples really sort of uh, dispersed throughout most of the country where most of the members are. Um, it's pretty well covered. You know, Puebla was the main standout that was fairly obvious in terms of just a critical mass of, of membership. Um, and so the game gets a little trickier. Uh, we filed some interesting predictions in uh, the, last couple of years uh, for I think the states of Sinaloa and Durango to get temples because they occupy largely this area in kind of the center part of the country where, you know, it's not really in that 200 mile bubble like we have uh, mentioned. Um, So other than that though, I mean, there's also not a ton of people in those states and, and the cities that are in those states are the ones that are often um, mired in a lot of crime and danger. We've seen, you know, missionaries and, and other sort of real horror stories that, uh, that happened down there um, with, with members. And so, you know, it's a tricky game to kind of pick where in Mexico you do have the Mexico city temple district, which is just far and away the largest in terms of number sheer number of stakes that feed into the district. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's really attractive to be like, okay, well, you know, there's gotta be another temple coming in Mexico, but, but where, so, you know, doing some digging around and, and looking at different temple districts. Um, I think Leon is a pretty good pick. I think, um, you know, it's the, it's a capital city of, of the state that it's in. I've forgotten now which it is, um, (laughs) Guanajuato, uh, and, uh, and yeah, you know, so it's, I think it's the nation's fourth largest municipality, um, not the fourth largest metro area, but the fourth largest municipality. And so, you know, there is a lot of people that live there. Um, and you know, it's a really old, beautiful city. So ripe for another, yeah, Spanish colonial architectural masterpiece. Why not? Um, now Leon is kind of on the periphery of the Mexico city district and it's just inside the Guadalajara district. Do you mm-hmm. think the fact that Pueblo Puebla is also pretty close to Mexico city on the Eastern side, Puebla is kind of like the, uh, Campinas to Sao Paulo. Like, yeah, right. You know, right. To uh, Mexico city. Do you worry that's just like too much too close geographically, especially with Puebla being a new temple? No, because Did I think, you-, you know, Puebla's, uh, as a city of itself away from Mexico city has like, I don't, I want to say 15 stakes or something like that. Right. So, I feel like that Puebla temple kind of just takes care of Puebla. You know, you still have uh, 90 some odd stakes in the Mexico City temple district. And so I think your question as you pose it is sort of what led me to look, you know, well, what's on the other side of, you know, Mexico City? And we're looking at Lyon. We're looking at maybe a temple that can pull from not just the Mexico City district, temple district, but um you know, other temples in that area. And so I think that's kind of what winnowed me looking down in that spot. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I don't know. 
I'm All not right. relying on any inspiration here, but I, but I do think uh, that where is your faith <laughs> in temple guessing? Uh, I you know not it's not there's not much. We of have it. done very well over the years. The Vegas odd ma- odds makers place us high. Every yeah, we've done a, we've done okay, haven't we? Yeah, you're right next to the Kino board, and there we are um, in Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> Which, incidentally, by the way, in Henderson, there's a building there, a casino, that looks like vaguely like the Manti Temple. I've seen my sister lives in Henderson on the very, very, very <laughs> southeastern edge. And so I was going to bring that up because I think you put that in the article and I followed the link. I had never seen it before. And I have to say, I thought at first glance, I thought it was like I thought you had linked to the Logan Temple or the Manti Temple. Or the Manti Temple. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's just the hotel part of the <laughs> casino in Henderson. It's just. Crack me up. It's pretty funny. So um, another one here on the list that happens to be, I think by most accounts, the highest ranking in terms of uh, the score we talked about from other everyone else yeah. who's been predicting temples, uh, Sierra Leone. Okay. So, fr- Sierra Leone. Oh. It's in cool. Africa. It's, an, it's, a, it's a place called Africa. There's uh-huh. a country called Africa, and Sierra Leone <laughs> yes. is like a city there. Um, in Freetown. Freetown is the capital city. It oh, like could, the movie? That's a great movie. It could go... <laughs> In a couple of other places, well, actually, so the the options are Freetown, Sierra Leone, maybe the city of Bo, Sierra Leone, or maybe Monrovia, Liberia. But I'm leaning more on Sierra Leone for this one. So sort of a sort of a far western Africa temple, but I think it'll be in Sierra Leone. We've mentioned this one quite a few times in the past, and the case just gets stronger and stronger every single conference to have a temple there because the church is growing so rapidly. Yeah. In Sierra Leone, they and it's have, been one of my favorite guesses that we've that we've submitted pretty much every six months. Yeah, so check it out. So um, Sierra Leone's six stakes and three districts have all been organized since 2010, and five of those stakes have been organized since 2015. Wow, that is fast. There's a lot going on there. Um, it's like an episode so, of Design so to the Nations. Yeah, so I think. Freetown makes sense, but the only the main case for Bo is that it also has the same number of stakes as the capital city, but it's farther to the east, so it's closer to Liberia. Meaning, if Liberians don't have trouble crossing uh, the border, it it's easier access for them uh, to get to the temple. So it could Jeff, go. Did either you way. even see that movie Freetown? Because they Heck, do they do have a hard time crossing the border. I know, but things have changed. There's no civil war right now. <laughs> right. Oh, that's true. Um, and of course, I want to give props. My bishop's from Sierra Leone, so mm-hmm. we're we're doing this for him. This is for you, Freddie. I just kissed my fingers and pointed to the sky. Did you? Uh, Freddie is such a great Sierra Leonean name, too. I Did- love Freddie. <laughs> Freddie is everything you want a bishop from Sierra Leone to be. I've been in, with so many different leaders, and he's a bishop who DJs our ward events oh, and man. like cooks his Cajun chicken for people, and just oh. has so much so much joie de vivre. Yep, and it's wonderful. I love that. That that is a. Uh, a similar disposition to um, other people from Sierra Leone that I have met. I wanted to know, you know, you served your mission in Europe. If you had worked with a lot of Sierra Leoneans in Spain. Not a ton. Most of the English speaking Africans we taught, which were, which were many, but most of them were from Ghana or Nigeria. Oh, very interesting. Cause you know, I served in the Netherlands. Um, You know, I think we both served early two thousands, you know, which was, pretty close if not during the same time as the civil war in Sierra Leone, or in at least in Liberia um but i would say probably with all of the refugees from all over the world that that we had worked with in the netherlands maybe 70 to 75% were sierra leonean and liberian 
So that was, I think the bulk of, uh, certainly of the, the food that I ate and, uh, yeah. the people that I taught. Okay. So I don't know. There's my case. Mm, cool. If I you like have it. nothing to add, just move on, move on to the next selection. It's fine. No, I think, uh, well, I mean, the, the argument I think speaks for itself and the fact that it's probably the, the most likely, uh, you know, let's just make mention that maybe that's the most likely one that'll be get picked. But, uh, but we've I, also thought that we've also thought that about Rogers, Arkansas, <laughs> who knows how long. So. Very true. Very Who's true. To say? Uh, all right. So moving along, I think, uh, go, let's go back to Southeast Asia, shall we? Yes. Uh, I think Singapore, uh, both the city and the country is probably a little bit more likely than Darwin. In fact, it may even. <laughs> It be, may even be exponentially more likely than Darwin, <laughs> or even Port Moresby, but it may be uh, it may be the Temple District that takes in both Port Moresby and Darwin, at least for the time being. Um, we have had, I would say, Twim's own Josie Gleave, who lives in Singapore. We've had some interesting perspectives and insight into uh, the church in Singapore this year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, there's stuff going on. Something about like a singles ward or something I remember on one of the episodes. There's uh, the only currently organized, actually organized YSA ward in Asia. Oh, there you have it. Some people cried foul and said we have them in the Philippines, but from what I've researched, the ones in the Philippines are normal family wards with a large YSA contingent and they cater to them, but to have an actual YSA ward is very interesting. Well, I do think, you know, that there are... Those kind of things can be evidence of, you know, the the church is being organized structurally here in a way that maybe it isn't elsewhere. And so those can be indicators. Uh, you know, there are three stakes and seven districts uh, in Singapore. Uh, but what really, I think, makes this case strong for me There's is that- There's three stakes in Singapore? Well, I'm sure about I, that. I don't know. That's what, that's what my, that's what my article says. That's what the thing says. <laughs> so it must, must be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought, there really one, I thought there was only one stake in Singapore itself. I'm gonna have to revisit that because uh, I don't. You know, I I thought that's what. Boy, the, do uh, you feel stupid? Yeah, boy. Ugh, how embarrassing. Well, anyway, uh, I know I'm pretty sure there's more than one though, Jeff. I think there's two. According um, to Kamora, there is a Singapore stake. Oh, I know where I know where I'm getting my data. This is the point that I'm trying to make. I don't. So let me say Singapore. So my parents served in the Singapore mission. Um, probably, I think maybe more than a decade ago now. Um, but Singapore, so they got stationed in, in Sarawak in Malaysia, which is on the Island of Borneo. Um, and, uh, anytime that they needed to get their, their visa renewed, which is basically every three or four months, they had to go to Singapore, you know, that's where the mission office was. And so that's kind of been the administrative hub of the church in Southeast Asia. Uh, and at the time the Singapore mission, get this, it, included not just Singapore and Malaysia, but it included um, Pakistan and Sri Lanka and, and just a whole weird smattering of, of countries that were kind of like, I think orphans um, over in that very large region of the world. Makes sense. But it was in Malaysia, especially in Eastern Malaysia where they were, where the church at the time was just growing like gangbusters and they were having tons of baptisms and, and there are a lot of, um, districts, those seven districts that I mentioned here, um, in Sarawak and Eastern Malaysia that are, I think, I mean, it's my hunch based on just ha- hearing their stories, but 
they're probably they probably look and feel more like stakes than they do like districts, but they might just not have the the leadership. So if if we see you know these districts kind of transform into stakes, uh, I think you could get a lot. You could grow this temple district, I think, much more quickly than uh, than maybe what it looks like initially from looking at the numbers. Well, they're growing a lot though, too. I mean, uh, Malaysia for a Muslim country too is surprisingly has. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Malaysia has something like what eight districts or something in Malaysia alone. So it's uh, the work is going well. Most of the districts are relatively young. I would say most of them, other than in like Kuala Lumpur, have come since the two thousand. So I think right. we could be bullish about Malaysia. I guess I would, I could see this going that way, but I would say my only, I only have caution because we have a temple under construction in Thailand, yeah, and a temple announced in Cambodia, and it's not like that's around the corner. It's you know it's very easy to just kind of casually as a Western American just be like, yeah, well, you know Southeast Asia, right? It's all the same, but um, but then it's close-ish. It's closer than Hong Kong, and right. it's closer than Australia. So I don't know if that might be a proximity issue, but I like your argument for it. If well, it's and, there, and the Singapore fact that uh, the Indonesian government wants to move its capital to Borneo, which puts it in, uh-huh. I think, in even closer proximity to Singapore. Look, I, I think like a, a Manhattan looking type temple in Singapore could really, or like a Hong Kong looking type temple in Singapore. Would, yeah, yeah. This really kind of fits the, the administrative kind of element that we see kind of happening. And so, I don't know. I think it's a good pick for those reasons. I think it would have to be one of those too. I mean, yeah. what what choice did they have, really? <laughs> it's land ain't cheap in Singapore. They they could just yeah. transform that that oblong like hat on those three buildings, you know, that, yes. that you see. They yeah, could yeah, just yeah, make yeah. that part the temple. The part we'll get rid of the infinity pool. We'll turn the infinity pool into the baptism. <laughs> okay. So I love it. All right. So uh let's now go into the lion's den of evangelical Christianity, everybody. Woo-hoo. Where could I you might be thinking I'm I'm thinking of Mississippi. And why not why not give Jackson a temple? I'll tell you why not give Jackson a temple, because it's a terrible city. No, the reason I saw the help. You, well, <laughs> It's, it's not a good place. There's a reason I didn't stop there once when I was driving through to check out the state capitol building because I thought I would be robbed. Ooh. But you know, you know where I will not be robbed? <laughs> Where's that? Colorado Springs, Colorado, my friend. Now, people might not be aware, but evangelical Christianity, a number of, of national and even global evangelical movements and conservative Christian movements have headquarters in the Colorado Springs area. In Colorado politics, uh, that's sort of, there's this dividing line kind of between the Denver, Boulder area, and famously to the south with Colorado Springs being far more conservative because it has a much more religious community. It also has the Air Force presence uh, on top of that. So, Mm -hmm. But um, why not have a temple here? Well, I'm going to say that it's, it's, uh, this is, I'll be a, it's a cautious one. Okay. So they organized a stake as recently as 2016, but there's still five stakes in the immediate area of the city, which isn't bad for how large a city is. I mean, it's a decent sized metropolitan area, but it's not Denver, you know, it's, uh, right. it's, it's okay size. And there are stakes further South in Pueblo, Alamosa, um, you know, elsewhere, basically Southern Colorado that it could right. pull all of it. In. <clears throat> by those, by that criteria, it could easily be a smaller temple. I would say what, what makes me, pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, the Fort Collins, Colorado temple is only a couple of years old and that lobbed off the whole part of the Denver district. That was the Northern suburbs of Denver all the way up through Cheyenne, Wyoming. And I think even Casper, Wyoming is part of that. Mm -hmm. So if you were to take in Colorado Springs with a temple in, in Denver, that's already in the Southern part of Denver. Um, you know, is it just too close? Is that taking away too much from Denver to justify? Does it leave Denver sort of anemic? Does it leave it anemic? That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So that's, 
I, I could see it going either way. That's why I'm cautious about this one. But I also think it's grown quite a bit, and there's uh, there's some there's some rationale for that. And it even makes the list. We're not the only ones talking Colorado Springs. It's a top tenner as far oh, as really? the anticipated temple. Yeah. I wonder what else makes it a top tenner. I mean, I, we we have done this uh, guess before with Colorado Springs. I think I wrote the argument for it last time. It's come up before, yeah. Um, yeah. So what do I say here? It was one of my picks six months ago, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think uh, the the arguments against it, you know, cons- concerning the Denver district is valid. But I don't know if we're looking to uh, – for, for me, you know, if we're looking for other places in Colorado to serve maybe some of those environs that are outside of the Denver metro area. Right. You know, it's going to land either on this one or Grand Junction for me. And I think uh, – Grand yeah. Junction, huh? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there could be a case made there. There are a decent number of Latter-day Saints way over there on yeah. the western edge of Colorado. That's that's a fun case. You don't worry about it pulling from, uh, too much from Monticello or Vernal? I don't know. Actually, I haven't uh, – I I don't know. I just know it's like another one of the bigger cities there, so I'm not, I'm not entirely okay. sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll see what happens. Okay. So uh, moving on to – here, I, I would file this one under uh, – similar to Darwin. I don't think this is going to happen, although I think it are should. You sh- Joseph, you're only given one. It's not really going to happen, but it should on this list. And are you sure you want to play that card right now? Because I know some other ones you're going to say. Oh, I just want to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into right now. <laughs> oh, no. I am I am going to stand by All right, every other, fair, every fair other prediction. You know, okay, to get serious for just a second though, I, I mean what – Venezuela is – in deeply mired in you know a lot of problems, political problems, social unrest, that kind of a thing. I hear uh, about that. And so you know, an initial look at the membership data, I think, makes Mari Maricaibo a pretty good pick. Um, you know, there are I think a lot of stakes in Maricaibo itself in the surrounding area. Uh, I think under any other climate, you know, this could be like a really home run of a pick, even as strong as I think Sierra Leone, um, but. Considering the fact that you know uh, people are basically abandoning this city in droves, there's no work, there's no money, there's political unrest, there's violence, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it it makes it so. I don't even know if the the data and the numbers of the church members there that that we can see is even accurate. And so, you know, I, I think this one unfortunately is going to fall victim to uh, political unrest. But yeah, yeah, the data being what it is, I think makes it a really strong pick uh, for the reasons that I've said. So, Maracaibo, Venezuela, South America is, I think, also seeing a renaissance of getting uh, more and more temples. I think there's a lot of members down there that are just. I agree it's the place to sort of continue to grow. And so, um, yeah. And that what you right there is a good, is a good observation. I'd say South America, you had a couple in the eighties and then a lot in the nineties and it sort of stalled out for a yeah. bit. And now we're getting a lot more. The interesting thing is, uh, the temple in Venezuela right now in Caracas is one of the Hinkley era mini temples. And I think there's only, let me see the temple in Paraguay is a mini temple. And I believe the temple in Uruguay is a mini temple. Yeah. All the rest are, are other types of temples. Right. Right. So, right. Venezuela has the membership, but I see the issues there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've also heard some rumblings about maybe Barcelona, Venezuela on the eastern side of the country, meriting a temple. Right. But on sheer principle, I cannot support a temple in a Barcelona that is not that of the capital of Catalonia, at least as the first Barcelona. You might be waiting a while. You shut your face, Joseph. The people (laughs) there are very righteous. The church is buoyed up 100% by Peruvians, and they're doing great work. Hey, there you go. (laughs) In Spain. Okay. 
Okay, here's another one of mine. I think I'm doing well on some of the likely ones this time around, Joe. Just, uh, to, pat my own, yeah, just to pat my own back here. Yeah, my, because another top three are Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Ulaanbaatar. I always say Ulaanbaatar. Ulaanbaatar. I don't know how it's. I don't speak Mongolian. I have no idea. I did read a biography of Genghis Khan though this year. What? Was enlightening. Yes. Oh, wow, cool. Time. Yeah, he was an interesting fellow. Um, we've. This is not the first time we've mentioned the capital of Mongolia. I'd say much of the argument hasn't really changed. If only because, once again, the playbook is out the window and President Nelson clearly sees fit to seek inspiration on temples in areas that have far fewer members or are isolated in order to bring temple blessings to groups who have an otherwise difficult time, you know, getting access to temples. Right. So Mongolia doesn't have a lot of people. All right. There's only about what, three million people or something? I was going to say two or three, yeah. In the country, and it's it's huge geographically, but very underpopulated. Right. It's had a bit of a an economic renaissance over the past 20 years since uh, since it liberalized its economy and since Western mining companies moved in, essentially. Oh. Um, and so good things are happening. The Rio Tinto Temple? Yeah, that's what it should be, honestly. <laughs> I kid you not, I have a old mission friend who was working for Rio Tinto living in Perth and then they just moved and now he had to go to Mongolia for like two months. Oh, really? Oh, so wow. Doing hey, some Rio Tinto that. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you're into mining in Australia, you live out West. So, um, the church does reasonably well in Mongolia. Um, right. you know, Latter-day of the Christian population in the country, this is a few years ago, Latter-day Saints made up over a quarter of the Christians in Mongolia. There's only three wow. million people in the country. And if you make that a per capita argument, there's about 1 million people per stake in Mongolia. There's two stakes in the country in one district, which is nothing to shake. You know, that's great. Uh, and the great comparison I like to draw here is Cambodia. Cambodia is right next to Thailand, so it didn't, quote unquote, need a temple when one in Thailand is just barely being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cambodia has way more people. It does have more units, more districts. That's two stakes and some districts. But let's pretend all of those districts were stakes, given a six in the country. There's, that still leaves it with roughly 2.7 million people per stake. So there's way more people per stake per capita in Cambodia than there is in Mongolia. So what's Mongolia, the similarity? I'm not seeing it. I'm saying the similarity is just that it's in Asia. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, Your logic is sound. Jeff. Well, I, I think the main argument is that, hey, there was two stakes in Cambodia and they... Are having a temple. Mongolia also has two stakes, but then, so then, if even if you factor in the districts to right. try to give Cambodia even more of a leg up in terms of how many people per stake I there see. are in the country, uh-huh. Mongolia still wins the argument substantially. Yeah. And Mongolia is very isolated. You could the district could pull people in from Russia. There aren't a ton of units up in Russia, but you know it could. I don't think it'd be a huge temple, but I think it's increasingly likely in this day and age. I mean, the saints in Mongolia have to travel to, I assume, South Korea to go do temple work, or maybe they fly to Japan. I mean, it, it makes sense. Well, let sense me ask you me. this. Do you think like it could potentially be a temple outpost where all of those secret members in China that don't really technically exist uh, could travel to? I mean, I don't know. Or would they just go to Hong Kong? Uh, that's a mix. Yeah, I Got would it. say. I think it's like Hong Western Kong China, you know? Or Hong Southern Kong China. is easier access, but Hong Kong still has... Um, Immigration controls, even for regular Chinese folk. You go through customs when you go to Hong Kong. Right. For right. Even if you're from the mainland. Uh, so maybe, but like you said, it's it, it's a lot of geopolitics involved and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. But I would hope so. I would hope so, especially for members who are farther up north like that. That might be easier to Northern. get to. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. Then again, if you take the high-speed rail, it might not be as bad. I, don't I mean, know. I, I think no. I think the, the biggest thing that this guest has going for it, Jeff, is that uh, it would be 
you know, even though we have been reminded in general conference to be reverent about, you know, interesting people announcements and, and not to applaud or erupt into, you know, some uh-huh. irreverent rupture. Uh, I, I do think though that the, it would be a rather scintillating, not that this would be the reason why president Nelson would pick it, but you know, he does, he does love his general conference moments, his little, like, uh, you know, he, I think likes, he's, he likes to elicit a reaction for sure. I, I think he's repented of that a little bit though. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, I do. Anyway, I talked to, actually talked about that with Kurt just on the podcast this week. Oh, you did? Oh, interesting. We, just just briefly, we made mention of it because yeah. I think like you, I thought he kind of relished the whole experience. Sure. Of, you know, he, he loved all the pomp of the whole thing. But then he came back in April and was like, look, everybody, like we got to treat this respectfully. Oh, interesting. And he didn't say it, myself included, but I also wonder if he took pause after his first year of enjoying temple announcements and sure. saying we should oh. we should dial it back and remember the sacred nature of what we're doing here. Interesting. That's all. Well, speaking of sacred nature, I want to talk about Branson, Missouri. (laughs) Oh, sure, Joseph. Yes. Tell me about your argument for having a temple where one does not belong. You know, okay. I I want to say- Silver dollar temple. Oh, I like that. This this is a gimme for you, Jeff, because it's it's a way- it's a way to uh, include basically Rogers uh, or was it Bentonville without actually saying Rogers or Bentonville? Because thus was- keeping Arkansas from having any temples at all. That's the whole point of this exercise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, sure. Uh, right. So um, you know, it's Branson- like we'll build them all around you. We'll build temples in Texas and Oklahoma City. We'll have a temple in Memphis, right there on the border. Yeah. And heck, we'll put one down in Branson just for funsies. But you, Arkansas, do not get one. You know, but if they if they if they are true Arkansans, Arkansans, they I think they would um, identify more with their their heritage as being like um, citizens of the Ozark area. So this would still be their temple in that way. Um, it's a good, you know. Look, there, you got the, the you got the Osmonds. On this entire no, list. Jeff. Look, you got the Osmonds in Branson. You got a lot of um, uh, people that love. The Which Osmonds are currently in Branson? Who all of them, Jeff? Right all of them. The whole, the, all of the Osmonds. Where, where do you, where do you think that Donnie Marie are going to go now that their show in Las Vegas is over? I mean, Branson is, do- is standing there with his arms over. wide open. What? Mesquite. Jeez. <laughs> Some <laughs> random Indian casino in California. I could go on. Branson, with all of its folksy Tongue. charm, with all of its glitzy glam, you know, it is the. It is the Ozark Temple destination, you know? It's it's really funny that you bring up Branson because, like, just last week I was slugging from work, which is when you just sort of have disorganized carpooling with strangers. Uh-huh. Um, and the woman driving the car, somehow we we chatted. You, you usually don't chat too much, but she, we were chatting a little bit, and she mentioned going home to visit family, and they like to go to Branson. And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, but not to do like the touristy stuff, to go where the locals go. And I, I didn't say anything else, but I was like, where do locals go in Branson? <laughs> the gas what station? You, there's just a hot bar in Branson? I don't, we are not doing ourselves any favors from the Branson Springfield listeners of this show, but no. I do not agree with you in any way that there will be a temple in Branson. If there is a temple in Branson, I will buy you and your family a steak dinner the next time we see you. Oh, well, I would pr- – well, here's the thing. Here's why it's going to happen, Jeff, because no, Branson because Branson is a center point between Springville and Rogers. And so it's – you know, that is a common thing you're going to find. I am on the verge point. of labeling you a stupid person. This is silly. <laughs> this is inappropriate. But hey, you can you can throw one at me it's now. Andy, my next, my, next guess, my next guess is delightfully glib. Um, 
I'm basically just saying just a temple in the Philippines. Okay. I, and what I don't mean to say is in the in the Russian sense of there will be a temple in a soon to be announced location. I'm glad you said that because that was literally the first thing I thought of when I saw you said. I don't in the mean that because I don't think we have those struggles. We don't have you know the Filipino government refusing to allow us to have actual missionaries in the country, for example. Uh-huh. No, I just think that at this point, we just seems like we announce a temple in the Philippines like every conference. So I'm just saying, throw a dart at a map of the Philippines, and you have a strong probability of a temple being announced there within the next four years so if we had to pin mm-hmm. it down maybe maybe an angeles or or bacalod might be the best place for one but really i just think anywhere in the Philippines. well i think really, there's a there's, reason for that you know uh, a while ago we covered uh, a couple of the countrywide um, celebrations of countries that had reached 100 stakes there's not that many oh, uh, philippines that many, no. being one of them uh but when you looked at the time when you looked at how many temples were in the philippines for a country that has 100 stakes versus how many temples uh in you know the united states or even canada which only has like 50 stakes or something like that uh you saw quite a disparity and so i think you know um they're playing a little bit of catch up. And so, you know, I think you're onto something, but uh, when you look at kind of the total number of stakes and the total number of announced temples in the Philippines, we're getting to that point where it's like, all right, I think we're, we're getting caught up. So I don't know how good of a guess this is this Maybe. time, but I that think like, be- like Legaspi could be a really cool area that could get it. My, my nephew just got back from his mission in Legaspi, you know, really, really neat area. Very uh, nerve wracking with this giant volcano that towers over the whole city. And so I don't know how sustainable that That is to build long-term for a temple, but. (laughs) So that you actually make an interesting argument there. So, because what I, what I think about whenever I think about the Philippines, I think about Chile Uh, inevitably, Mm -hmm. because I remember in the year in 2002, elders Oaks and Holland were assigned to, to live in and preside over the Philippines and Chile areas. Now, no one would say this outright, but we all kind of took it to mean to kind of right the ship. Both countries ha- were famous for having a lot of members of the church, but they were also pretty well known for not having great activity rates. Right. Right. And so that's why you said, instead of, you know, slumming it with a member of the 70, you're saying, all right, we're bringing in the ringers and they're going to live there for a year and try to fix this. Mm-hmm. And, and at the time, there was just one temple in each country. And since then, of course, we have seen way more temples and action happening. So I think whatever they put into motion was good. I think you could safely argue that Pre- Elder Oaks won because um, – <laughs> There's more temples now in the Philippines than in Chile. But what you just made me realize is perhaps, like you said, perhaps the Philippines is getting appropriately caught up. And it is Chile that merits more because they just have the temple in Santiago, the newer one in Concepcion, and the recently announced one in Antofagasta. Right. Perhaps Chile – there's more people in the Philippines than in Chile. But right. perhaps Chile actually is the one that we should expect more temples from than the Philippines. Maybe we're hitting critical mass at the Philippines. That's fair. I hadn't thought about that. Well, and I have a thought of that. If we have time later, I'll get into it. But yeah, I think that's a, that's probably a good theory of what's going on. All right, Joseph, Let's take me to about, another one of your um, ridiculous guesses. The, the one place that I have been. Are you actually also getting a map of the world and just throwing darts at it at this point, just as I do yeah, the Philippines? That's, I mean, that's that how basically the, the inspiration that comes from these guesses. And we've been shockingly accurate, so... No, no, no. I, I would say, you know, in my travels, I like to travel. I kind of fall in love with everywhere I go. I'm famously known and my family are being like, we should live here. Let's move here. It's really exciting. No one so, says that about this place. Nope. And not even do I say it because I have been to Bakersfield, California one time. And here's the thing, Jeff. I'm from Mesa, Arizona. Okay. Like I don't have bragging rights of being from you're somewhere from West cool. Mesa too. <laughs> 
yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, Central that's Mesa. That's hardcore, man. You're not you're not some East Mesa fancy person. No, no, you are. No, oh, right. Yeah, no. We we eschewed such people. Let me tell you. Sure. Um, no, like, mount, I like no my temples to here. be in the ghetto. Exactly. That's what I meant yeah. To. I went to I went to high school a block away from, the, or maybe a, a quarter mile away from the temple. There's a, there's a, a reason lot. the church is renovating the whole area because the area around the Mesa Temple is probably the dumpiest I've ever seen around a, a stateside temple. Oh yeah, and it's been dumpy for like decades. Anyway, so tell me about why Bakersfield. <laughs> okay, Bakersfield so when I went to Bakersfield, it reminded uh-huh. me of Mesa, but only all of the bad parts of Mesa. So I would, <laughs> I just never want to go there again. It's a terrible. It's the armpit of California, but you know it's a it's. They got a large population, you know. It's this big city, I think three or four hundred thousand people, you know, similar to Mesa in that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a good amount of stakes membership, if that's still the thing that we're counting in terms of what's required yeah, to have a temple. But but like LA's not crazy far away. I mean, what do you what like what's its district gonna be? Like you're LA not is like take... two and a half hours away. Here was honestly my thinking and uh but you, Fresno's know, close you could too. school like, me with with traffic logistics of LA because I've never lived there. But, you know, I always thought like, you know, my stepdad lived in, um, uh, uh, Oh, where do you, Oh, Simi Valley for like 26 years and going to LA to get to the temple there. If it was a bad traffic day, it would take forever, you know? And I'm thinking, well, Bakersfield is just the other way, except there's no traffic and it's only like, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. So it could be kind of an artery where there is a, it, they have their own critical mass of membership, but where people from like places like Thousand Oaks and Simi Valley or whatever county that is, um, you know, could go up there. I don't know. I don't know how logistically it looked like it would be a logistical boon just by looking at the map and from what I've heard anecdotally. But I think yeah, we I, have a different I'm, philosophy. I'm, that. I'm not sold on this one because I mean, <laughs> I, I just feel like you've got you've got a couple a handful of stakes in Bakersfield and kind of out by Ridgecrest, some other areas in the neck of the woods. Yeah, you could maybe pull in some of the stakes in Lancaster and Palmdale and make them part of it, but. Once you start going farther south enough to LA, there's just no point. Those people might as well go to LA, and you go too far north, and then you're already creeping up on on Fresno's turf. And there's a temple in Fresno, so I just don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I hear just, you, but I, I think this is your Orange County bias speaking, Jeff. So. I'm from that's the completely opposite side of things. <laughs> you, you just past want, LA. You and just we already want another. You want another temple closer to your hometown. Yes, I want. think they need to build a temple in your Belinda. And I want to take surface streets to the temple for the first time in my life, other than when I lived in Provo. All, all, all I will say for if you're worried about carving too much uh, out of either Fresno or the LA district is – Oh, I'm afraid. Look at that other Feather River temple or whatever in California right next to Sacramento. There aren't – it's true. That's fair. There that are not tons good. of stakes there. You'd look at that and assume there's like four stakes in Yuba City or something. Right, no, and it's one. not that there's, far from Sacramento. There's one. There's a stake there. There's a stake up in Redding. There's a stake. It's that's a fair argument. It's a fair argument. I would say normally that might be okay. I just worry that unlike and you in the Feather River Temple's case, you don't hit another temple until you get to like Medford, Oregon, which is very, quite really far, far away. Yeah, I just think you bump into other temples more quickly when you go north or south of Bakersfield. Hmm. But that's not to say it couldn't happen. We I shall think see. It's unlikely. I'll take that steak dinner on this one too. Yeah, then the offer is not on the table for this one, my friend. That is only for the absolute ridiculous guess about Branson, Missouri. But you know what guess is not ridiculous, everybody? Let's Another one that typically makes the high list. And that is in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. It's the largest city in Bolivia. It has eight stakes, which by a weird metric makes it the area, not a country, but the area in the world with the most stakes without its own temple. 
if that makes any sense. So there are more stakes in Santa Cruz than there are in Cochabamba, which has Bolivia's only temple right now. It's really just a numbers play. That's all I'm saying. It's like, look, there's a lot of members here. Why don't they have their own temple when a lot of South American countries are receiving second and even third temples at this point? Um, I just think it, and Bolivia has been doing better economically. Why not put it there? There I is a temple 100%. coming. I just yeah. think let's just take a moment and, and step back and think about the fact that a city with eight stakes um, is a major contender for a temple guess because it wasn't it was not like that. Death, but we were looking at areas, potential guesses of a temple that were like 25, 30 stakes. You or know, like, like a, oh, like a 15 stake minimum. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, easily. But it, this is a strong guess for all of those reasons that you, that you laid out. So I think it might happen. So everyone, those are our main guesses. Joseph, if you had to pick, an, an, I think our number one total is probably uh, Sierra Leone. Is that what Yeah, you're probably. What do, what do you, you think know, is our I number? I think Santa Cruz is, a, is another, is a good one too. And if we had to do a third, I, I would say it's either between Port Moresby or maybe Mongolia. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, some of our, I think some of our honorable mentions are even maybe a little bit. Uh, Tell me. Let's, okay. Tell me. Let's quickly do some honorable mentions and then we'll let these poor hostages go. <laughs> uh, you know, a cu- couple years ago or maybe a couple conferences ago, we did uh, Lubumbashi DRC. I think that's a really strong guess as well as Bahia Blanca, Argentina. And I couldn't find a, a previous uh, prediction, which I'm really surprised because I feel like I bring it up every time, is Viña del Mar or um, Valparaiso, which are basically the same place in Chile. Right. And to your argument of what you were saying earlier about Chile, I think that's a really that's a really strong guess. I think that would probably be my number three, to be honest. All right. What about uh, West Valley City? We throw that one around quite a bit. Do we think that yeah, they're, they're, get, mean, they're getting a temple in Tuella now? Around the other side of the mountain. They've got a temple down in Ochre Mountain. Like, does West Valley merit its own? edifice at this point when you look at the at the scattershot of the stakes i think it does but i I think um you know there's a lot of moan and groan with utah temples getting announced so they might have to wait a couple of they're kind of it's like oh my gosh this is overkill people (laughs) uh numbers the numbers do add up though it's unfortunate some others we've talked about maybe el paso um it's not that there's an overwhelming number of stakes in el paso but it's part i mean it's it's right across the Order from Ciudad Juarez, where there's a temple, right. but getting into Juarez can be, you know, it's it's complicated. Yeah. So maybe El Paso, uh, Heber Valley, Utah gets thrown around a lot. We did not include it as an official prediction this time around, but I think that one's got some weight behind it. I wouldn't we be surprised to see. Ago. Yeah. The, the main thing Rapid against City it is, is another good one for sure. Rapid City is a pretty good one. Um, I'm still pretty hot on the United Arab Emirates. I think yeah, I Abu Dhabi. Either. I think Abu Dhabi is a pretty. If not now, within three years, probably the announced Temple in Abu Dhabi. Uh, a few years ago, you you wrote a, a prediction for Oslo, Norway, and I think to this day, I think about that one a lot because I think it is a really good prediction for you know having a smaller temple in a uh, you know harder to get to area where it's not really served by the other European temples. So I think it's still a good yeah. Chance. That could be fair. I mean, its closest temple is either Stockholm or Copenhagen. And Copenhagen is a Copenhagen is a fascinating temple because it's one of the earliest ones that was built without a huge stake support. They converted an old building. It's not a yeah. huge temple by any means, but there's yeah. like two stakes in Denmark. Right. And there yeah. you go. They could do so the it could happen. Another uh, couple of quick ones. Taichung, Taiwan, we've talked about in the past. And I could still see it happening. Taiwan's only temple happened in the 80s. Mm. It, it's merited. And I still don't want to rule out Kiribati. You know, right. even though they announced the temple in Guam, which is sort of in that that Melanesian neck of the woods, there's a lot of church in Kiribati. 
Yeah. And I could still see, I don't think, and I've seen the the announced district for the Guam Temple, which is only two stakes and two districts, and does not bring in Kiribati. I think Kiribati well, is still a yeah, fair one. That, and if we're doing sec, a temple in, a temple in uh, Ameri- what, American Samoa now, we have the one in Samoa, and a second temple in Tonga, I'm still a little bit hot on Kiribati. Yeah, I think, I think that's, a, you have good reason to be, that's a good guess. And then the last one, oh, Albania. Well, we, Do we believe in Albania? I don't know about Albania, you know, that's, uh, I don't know if it's day has come. We got Hungary and that was, that was a surprise. I didn't see that as being that strong of a guess. We had called for Hungary a few times in the past. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. That one, um, we had Scotland and and Apache Junction as well as in our honorable (laughs) mentions. I will, I have to, of course, recuse myself from the Scotland predicting for my own personal biases, but uh, it's fair. There's five stakes in Scotland. It's really just a question of where it would go. Like Edinburgh makes sense for a lot of reasons, but it's also not as central as somewhere like Sterling. So I don't, right. I don't know where the temple would go. We will see this weekend, my dear Joseph. We shall. I will be listening. And likely, of course, for those who aren't, President Nelson seems to like to announce these in his "Hey, thanks for coming" announcements at the very end of conference. Right? right. He doesn't do it when he does his Sunday morning remarks. It's usually Sunday afternoon, and then we find out. So we do know he wants to announce them. They already he said that on his little tour of South America to expect temple announcements this weekend. What they will be, we don't know. But, but we, we know they will be from our list, right? And if and if they're not, then we are going to burn this city to the ground. <laughs> well, I'll see you in Branson. All right, fine, buddy. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week in Mormons. Of course, you can find us on Patreon, social media, leave reviews, all those good things. We hope you enjoyed this longer than we planned bonus episode of TWIM. And uh, we look forward to seeing what happens this weekend. So happy temple predicting and happy conference. Be well, be holy, and be happy.